All right, guys, we got quite the panel. Let's give it up for these guys. So I'm going to allow these guys uh, one at a time, and we'll start with Rich to just kind of give us a quick intro, name, uh, age, where you're from, and why you're here. My name's Rich Froning, Jr. There are three of us now. Um, I live in Cookville, Tennessee. Was born in Michigan, but Tennessee is home for me. Uh, own CrossFit Mayhem with my wife. I have three kids. Also have a bison farm. I've been to the CrossFit Games a couple times. <laughs> and I'm here because Charlie's awesome, and uh, we've had a great time the last three years coming down here. Got to raise some money for Ronald McDonald House, but also meet a really uh, Great community that you formed down here with BoomFit, and just the whole event is, is pretty incredible. So really looking forward to, to it tomorrow. And we brought Tasia, who's the director of Mayhem Mission uh, Missions. So now it's your turn. Tag, you're it. Me? Okay. Hi, I'm Tasia. I'm 31. You left out your age. Oh, I'm, I'm 34. <laughs> um, I was born and raised in Arizona, and I've lived in Cookville for the last, I think, almost five years. Too long? Yeah, a long time. Uh, I'm here because Charlie is awesome, and I'm excited to be here on behalf of Mayhem Mission, too. I work at Mayhem Mission and Mayhem Athlete, and have competed at the CrossFit Games a couple times, which has been really fun. So. Tag. All right, guys. I'm Guido Trinidad, 40 years old, so the father of the group here, or godfather, so to speak. Uh, from Miami, Florida, run uh, Peak 360 down there, and also lead the ministry uh, called Faith RX. And, um, yeah. Excited to be here to support Charlie. I've met him a few times and uh, just love what he's got going on and incorporating faith into a festival like this. And I'm just glad to serve and support and love on this community in any way I can. Guys, these are three kind of of us, right? Everybody who's here uh, loves to work out. Obviously, that's what, what brings us together. Um, but based on everything they just said, it's just so cool to have this group of people. So I want to start with Tasia, and I actually want to hear about Mayhem Mission. That's something that uh, we really want to highlight this weekend. You guys have a booth. I want people to know how to get more involved. Sure. I want to know what role you play. I want to just give me a lot about Mayhem Mission right now. All right. Um, so Mayhem Mission is obviously a nonprofit that Rich started, so super grateful for that. I am the director of operations there, and what's really cool about Mayhem Mission is a unique nonprofit in the sense that we don't have one singular focus when it comes to who we help and support, but we cover a lot of different nonprofits that we partner with. Um, so for instance, we've got separated quarters, so we go like human trafficking is our first quarter, and then we're right now in our quarter where we're focusing on water. Our third quarter will be focused on at-risk youth, and then our fourth quarter will be focused on unreached people groups. So we really just want to come alongside other amazing nonprofits like FaithRx and not reinvent the wheel, but support them and partner with them in any way that we can. Um, so to get involved, and we have a ton of events actually kind of in the works right now. Um, our most, uh, one that's coming up the fastest is on September 4th is our water event, our mission water event that we're putting on. It's an online um, awareness event where you can compete with your friends from wherever you're at um, to raise awareness and raise some money to put in wells in different 
um, parts of the world. So we're partnered with Neverthirst and 2535 Water for that. And then after that, we've got Legends of the Falls, which you guys have, might have heard of, um, to raise money for May Mission, and so many other different things on the docket. So if you want more information, you can go to Mayhem Missions Instagram or mayhemmission.org, and you're welcome to email me at tasia at mayhemmission.org. Yeah, email, huh? <laughs> I, I think the cool thing too is you guys are kind of like networking with other nonprofit ministries um, that are doing really cool things, like the the guys that go to uh, Nicaragua and do ministry over there, and just I know they're down in South America right now, and it's just it's just really cool to see that. How did you end up in the role that you're in? You you, you know you go from being Team CrossFit Mayhem Freedom, right, champs. And then now you're executive director for Mayhem Mission. How did that happen? Yeah, by God's grace, it's actually really cool because letting go of competing was something that I was struggling with and having a hard time with. And the position that I'm in now actually wasn't even a position at the time when I stepped away from competing. And I stepped into this new space of life and knew that I wanted to help people and love people. And um, Rich had formed this nonprofit and I was already on the board. And just by you know, God having his hand on my life, he opened the door for me to step into this role, and that happened, and it's been really amazing, so. She's done awesome. It's been incredible to watch um, the transition and from uh, being an athlete to, I mean, she's leading Mayhem Mission and is doing an incredible job at it, and just that she's picked up and, and ran with it from the beginning, but really it comes down to her heart and how much she loves people and how good she is at that. And so it was kind of a no-brainer that we were like, oh, we need this spot. Tasia fits that perfectly, and she's done an incredible job. So good job, Tasia. Thanks, Tasia. Rich. Awesome. I'll never say another nice thing again. again. <laughs> Somebody's awesome. got that on camera. Yeah. Rich. Erase that, Scott. No. What, tell us, Mayhem Mission, where did that birth, where did that seed get planted? Yeah, so, you know, as we've grown at Mayhem and, and kind of had um, just our, our community there, we've, you know, we've done Mayhem for Mustard Seed, uh, when we had the tornado come through a couple, uh, two years ago now, um, we've just kind of, when you see a need, fill a need, however we can help. When people come to us, uh, we try to help any way we could or do events like this when we could help out. And uh, when we brought Brian on, our CFO, he had kind of a, um, a heart for overseas missions and, and different things like that. And I had kind of the local, uh, you know, I want to help the community. And so we kind of, hey, how can we make this something where we can do both? And so, uh, really, like Tasia said, we, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel in anything. We're just partnering with other people that are specialists in it. We, we worked with Rescue Freedom for the first quarter. We're working with Never Thirst and with 2535 um, for this next one. <clears throat> and then we've got uh, Kiala and then um, Mustard Seed Ranch, which is local to us. Kiala's in Hawaii. that They do the ultimate Hawaiian trail run. And so, uh, you know, we know how incredible this fitness community is and this CrossFit community. And we just figured, hey, let's, let's figure out a way to put, put it in motion. And, and we know people want to help. So, hey, how can we make that happen? So uh, we've been blessed and it's been an incredible journey and, and something I think, um, you know, like I said, Tasia's done an incredible job of, of picking up and, and making it actually come to fruition. Because there for a while it was just like, what are we doing? Oh, let's go help this. Let's do that. Let's do that. And so... Um, having her actually oversee it and organize it and control the chaos, which is good. That's control awesome. the mayhem. Yeah, and I encourage you guys to check it out. A portion of the registration and the proceeds is going to Mayhem Mission, and they designed our shirts, which are pretty sweet. So 
Dre at uh, with you guys hooked it up. All right, now we're gonna transition to Guido. Uh, man, share your testimony with us. Give us a little bit of kind of, you know, how you ended up. How much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> a dark past. No, well, uh, well, grew up in the church uh, around the age of nine. I come from a single family home. I, I want to step back because I just had one thing I want to add. I just really think that it's really remarkable. I've known these guys for a while and um, just seeing how they genuinely want to use the platform that they have to do good. And that's, that's something that, you know, I think a lot of high level athletes and other sports maybe just kind of slap their name on something, but uh, they're all in on this. And I'm just, yeah, man, I'm really honored to even be sitting on the stage with you guys. So thank you. So my, my testimony uh, in a nutshell really is growing up in a single family home, pretty chaotic and, uh, just not healthy emotionally, you could say, um, and just got involved with, even though I had Christ in my heart, got involved in a lot of just not so great things, uh, substances, and just doing the wrong things, but God used football to, uh, to, you know, draw me closer to him, so at the age of about 15, I kind of recommitted my life to Christ, and, um, you know, he's, he sanctified me and gave me the opportunity to, to lead Bible studies, even at a younger age, go on to college, play football, so on and so forth, and um, and then eventually found CrossFit. But really, when I think my my walk with the Lord really took it, you know, took a, a, a step in a direction that I always knew existed, but I really didn't know how or even what it looked like, was actually through Faith Rx. And it's one of the reasons why I'm sitting up here is because of the impact that it's actually had on my life. So you didn't ask me this, but I figured you eventually would, is, you know, tell us a little bit about Faith Rx. But this is a, a vision that was birthed into a, a woman by the name of Becky Konzelman, who's I want to say five times games athlete. Um, she's no longer with us right now here in the physical world, but spiritually she is. And um, God just, man, just nudged on her heart. You know, she tells stories about how she couldn't sleep at night um, until, like, she did what God needed her to do and was, you know, start this. And it's funny because at the chapter, not the chapter, at the events that we have that are now called True Strength, one of the pictures that she has is actually, I think, of Graham uh, you rich and Dan and they're praying and it was just a there's two there's two pictures that really I think impacted her and and imprint my mind was she saw that there were men of faith and women of faith in this community and then she also saw at the center of the stage in Carson thousands of people idolizing those men <laughs> and she was like there's something wrong with this you know they're idolizing the wrong thing they, they, we're, we're created to only worship God and I want to bring that into this space so she started off with a um, with the New Testament Bible, and she partnered with with Chip Pugh, who was a mentor to to Rich, um, and they started what's now Faith RX. So yeah, where what does Faith RX do, and how did I get involved? Just to kind of summarize that and make that part of my testimony was they started off with a New Testament Bible, similar to like FCA, where they have testimonies from um, you know high level athletes somehow. I made the cut, not sure. That was probably a mistake there because I was a, a one-time games athlete there. But I snuck in there, and, and ironically enough, I think it was just the beginning of uh, what God already had in store for me that I didn't really know. But I, I always wanted to be involved with Faith Rx, and I didn't know how. And finally, uh, I connected with Becky, and they started running some camps. And I think it was like the fourth camp that they ran, and it was in Tampa. She asked me to come up and be a guest coach. So I went up there with the intention to serve, to give, and to love. And, and really, at that stage in my life, I didn't know it, but looking back now, I was really more of a believer. I wasn't really a follower. I mean, 
I had, you know, God had stripped away some of the lifestyle sins that were in my life for sure, but I really wasn't pursuing God the way that I now know is, is the way to live, uh, you know, the life that I want to live and that he has in store for us. Long story short, I get to the event, and I'm just rocked. I mean, emotionally, spiritually, I was just rocked, and, and really more than anything because I kind of um, related to imagine if you were working out your whole life and you thought you were pretty fit and you walked into a CrossFit gym and they told you to do Fran for the first time and you just almost died, <laughs> right? And you're like, oh, I thought I was fit. And you're kind of like your ego's broken, but you're inspired at the same time. You're like, I don't know where I'm standing, but this is good and bad at the same time. So I was there and I felt shame because I felt like I wasn't living up to the person who God wanted me to be. But at, at my core, I knew that this was the moment that God was showing me how he wanted to live my life. I basically never saw people that I could relate with that liked the same things that I liked and were passionate about the things that I was passionate about that were also pursuing God in a real authentic way. And, you know, Becky then asked me to come back, which I was mind blown because I didn't feel qualified in any way to actually speak about God. I just, you know, knew I was a Christian since I was nine. And um, as I came back, you know, they, they kind of mentored me, I guess you could say, and discipled me. And I learned what it was like to pursue God as a lifestyle and make him the center of our life, not add God to my life and everything gets better. No, no, he is my life. Um, so I was then uh, asked to be the head coach, and I would travel to these camps called Iron Sharpens Iron. Now we call them True Strength. Um, was then part of the board once Becky passed away and they needed to kind of formalize things a little more. And just recently in October, I got asked and I got called, I really, because again, it's not something that I was planning. I had other endeavors that I was planning, but God had a plan already and I, I felt convicted that I needed to step up and, and, um, and take a leadership role as the executive director of Faith Rx. And it's been a huge learning curve and um, I'm just honored to, to be where I'm at right now and uh, help really kind of, have Faith or X take that next step. Um, so I'm talking a lot. I'll, I'll finish with this last kind of phrase. Sorry about that. Faith or X is essentially uh, a community of followers of Christ that are uh, in love with Jesus, but also have a deep passion for fitness, for CrossFit, let's say, uh, if we're going to keep it real, right? Um, and it exists, and we've kind of had, you know, like we do so many different things, but essentially the first thing that, that we exist for is just to create unity, right, is to say, hey, we're, we're all the same way you show up at a, at a CrossFit class, and some people can knock out 50 just-a-bar pull-ups, if not more, and some people have to use a band, but we're all in it together. That is our Christian walk. That is the faith walk, right? We all are in a different journey with the Lord, but we're, we have our eyes on him, and he's, and he's meeting us right where we're at, and that's what the intention of Faith Rx is, is to unite us, and then we don't want to be left where we're at. You don't show up to the gym just to stay where you're at. You want to be strengthened. You want to grow. And that's our goal with Faith Rx is to help people grow in their faith. And once you've grown and you want to take that next step is what do you want to do? You want to talk to somebody else about it. You want to help them. So essentially, I would say the main function of Faith Rx, besides uniting like-minded people who love fitness and are pursuing Christ, is to also be a bridge to the lost. So many people in your gym, like, Maybe say they, they, they know the Lord, but they don't ever go to church. They don't read the Bible. Or many people just have bad experiences with church in general, but they'd be more open to hearing your testimony and maybe hearing a devotional if you had it in the gym. 
So we have these, these uh, you know, events that we call chapter meetings, faith and fitness meetings. Um, and that's also an opportunity to, like, be a bridge to the local church. We're not pretending to be the church. We want to bring people to the church where they can get fed on a regular basis and discipled. Um, so we do that in a variety of ways through social media, podcasts, events like True Strength. And then I think where really it all happens is, is in community and chapters and things of that nature, which we have close to 100 now across the U.S. and even in a few other countries as well. So Man, that was a lot. No, thank you for I, I, I wanted – thank you. Yeah, I wanted everybody to hear about Faith Rx. You guys are here this weekend too. You've got a booth. I want people to get involved. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that. We're hosting a camp at our gym. I think it's sold out or just almost sold out October 13th through 15th. We're so excited to do that. Um, just I want to highlight a couple of things. So what Guido said is he was almost like the student that now became, we'll call you executive director, but leader, right? Like student became leader. You were, you were um, mentored, discipled, poured into not even knowing where you'd go, right? And, and now he's in a leadership role with the organization serving, and, and that's so cool that you know, all those years have gone by and now you're sitting where you are and, and being a gift and a blessing to everyone. Another thing I wanna highlight is you have two different platforms, ministries that were established through CrossFit, right? That, that's what birthed it, is being really good at snatches and rowing and fitness and so it's just so cool to see that happen rich um i have a question about this phrase into the storm mm -hmm. the podcast that got birthed in covid kind of um i wanted to ask it last year and we didn't get around to it but i think it'd be really cool for you to share that that whole thing like how the into the storm came to be and then how the podcast that you guys just kind of I think y'all took about a month off but you just picked it back up I think yeah. we're still in Samuel second Samuel second Samuel yeah I, <laughs> I think I we'll be in was that just book. thinking about that while we were sitting up here I was like we didn't film one this week so we're gonna have to figure that out uh, when we get home but yeah so into the storm is kind of the Froning Farms I guess motto and I to be a 100% transparent I hate motivational speech like I hate just all of that stuff but I was reading an article, and I, I think it was in the Tennessean, where it was talking about how bison, when they see a storm, they face into it instead of most livestock runs away from it. And so the idea is you're through the storm faster if you meet it head on versus if it catches up to you. And I was like, it'd be really cool on a T-shirt. So we started making some T-shirts, right? Well, then COVID happened. And uh, I don't know, we got this idea. It was right around Easter as well, I think. And so we started out, Tasia, like I said, some other guys that, and, and girls that have just an incredible, um, like Guido's talking about, different stories. We all have different stories. We're all at different uh, times in our walk. We have some really knowledgeable um, other wise guys on there that are not in a bad way wise guys, but uh, guys that are just incredible as when it comes to uh, Bible knowledge as well as life experience. And so it's been really fun for me personally and selfishly um, in my faith walk. But we started out with kind of going through the resurrection and crucifixion of Christ, not in that order, and uh, kind of finished. And we were like, this is kind of fun. I like this. Let's, you know, let's do something else. So selfishly, I connect with David a lot. There's just a lot of parallels in my life that, you know, we screw up. We always screw up, but we always come back, you know, and, and like Guido's saying, when, when God's the center, and I, I believe God was the center of David's life, he was a man after God's own heart, and so selfishly, um, we went to 
First Samuel and then Second Samuel, because you got to tell the whole kind of story of David, and then um, Tasia's taking us wherever we go next. But I think it's going to be somewhere in the New Testament. But um, it's just been a podcast, honestly, where we we kind of just read a chapter and then talk about how it kind of hits us and uh, how we apply it in daily life. And you know, sometimes we'll read these most random chapters, and you're like. This is going to be a three-minute conversation, and it turns into some of our best. So it's been a lot of fun, and it's it's just on our, our YouTube channel that we have. The format's so cool because it's almost like when you're listening or watching, it's like you're sitting in the Bible study with you guys. You yeah, know? Like I said, it's selfishly, yeah. it's been really good for my faith walk. Yeah. Um, and so I get a, just as much out of it. And, you know, we kind of say, hey, and when I'm praying in the beginning, you know, Lord, speak through us. Like, it's not our words, but but what you want people to hear. And it's been a, it's been a ton of fun. That's awesome. Um Okay, let's, let's transition a little bit into y'all's lives, because they're really busy, just hectic. Everybody's got different stuff going on. Um, you get pulled left and right, and I call it the current of the world, right? So, you know, you go out to the ocean, and you set up here, but then you end up way over there. How do you stay grounded in your faith with just getting pulled in competitions, the CrossFit games, all the working out and things that could easily become idols and things that could easily become focus points of your life and still stay grounded every single day in the Lord. And anybody can, can jump at it first, but I want to hear from everybody. Go ahead. I'll take it. Um, so the way this event, Faith Family Fitness, I have those three things at night that I kind of process how, like, I give myself a grade, I, I guess you could say. Like, was, was I my faith? How was my family life and fitness? And every day, like I said, I give myself a score. But it's also, you got to have a short memory. Because there's going to be days where you do really well. In maybe all three or two or three or whatever. But the next day's a Does new Does Hillary day. give you a score, no, too? No, absolutely not. <laughs> no. We do not talk to Hillary about the score. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, I, you have to be very, you know, transparent with yourself and, and really self-critical of like, how did I do in these three areas? You got to have a short memory when you do well, but you have to have a short memory when you aren't doing so well because it's going to keep, you know, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to keep doing bad. And I'm going to keep doing bad. So for me, that's kind of the way I go through it. Faith and family are the first two. Obviously, my fitness is the easier one of the three for me. Um, I, it's easy to get a workout in, you know. The, um, we get so caught up and busy and you know I've got three kids now and Lakeland just started public school this year and so uh, prioritizing them is it's 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 scary how like quick time goes you know like luckily they're with me you know I train at the house or I train at the gym and, and nine times out of ten they're going with me if they want to go and I can make it happen they're with me ask Tasia it's chaos anything that I say is going to take an hour or like hey I'll be there in 30 minutes it's going to take probably an hour and a half because getting the three of them in the car or anywhere and then when they're in there it's just mass chaos uh Anna and all them they're always wanting tattoos you know like the fake put on tattoos but it's just it's awesome you know I wouldn't trade it for the world um and so honestly Family and faith are the t or family and fitness are the easiest two, and so I every morning I have to make sure that I'm in the in the word while I'm kind of making my coffee, doing my rounds. Um, we have a group, a really good group, a similar group to our into uh, the storm group uh, that's on the Bible app, and we just kind of you read through. We're going through a New Testament in a year, and then there's like a little conversation at the end, and everybody kind of talks about it. But you can. I mean, when Lakeland, like I said, she started school, I caught myself two days missing it, and I'm like, oh, man, two days behind. So I got to, you know, try to catch up. And um, 
just every day's a new day. I guess that's the roundabout of me saying every day's a new day. You're going to do really well some days. You're going to do bad some days, but short memory. Yeah, it's like accountability for you. What about you guys? Yeah, so similar but different from Rich, I think the community at Mayhem has been a huge part, just being surrounded by people who can help hold me accountable and also speak life into me. That's been really big. Um, I'm a morning person, so getting into the Word in the morning really makes my day better, and I try to be diligent about that. Um, something that's also been a huge blessing in my life is listening to worship music at the barn. Um, I, when I first came to Mayhem, I didn't really listen to much worship music besides in church, and that can totally change my spirit and my mood, just being in a space with people, just listening to worship music, um, you know, working out. Um, that definitely helps keep me grounded, but yeah. I'm going to say something on that, because when I went to the train with Rich last year, I was so impressed with the music. I mean, the M Athlete 2, and I've listened to it like all the time. I mean, it's the best, but that played the entire weekend and it was just so powerful. But like you said, when you like worship music, that's why we have it tonight because it's so moving. And while you work out, it's just, it was really cool to say, to, to experience that that weekend. Um, okay. You're out of the loop with the M Athlete 2. What's that? Oh, like Spotify? Uh, it's, a, it's a Spotify playlist. There you go. I'm waiting for the M Athlete Straight up. Yeah. I know. I gotta, we I'm gotta kind update of the kind of person, songs. too, that listens to the same song I over and over, Tasia, and over Yeah, that's the way I am. I'm fine. She's like, we got to update this. Tasia actually has access to add songs, so we just need to start a three, I guess, and not tell anybody until it's curated correctly, you know? Point three. Yeah, again, like, you know, we all probably have the same formula, just mix it up a little differently. Um, I think what I feel God's kind of been pouring into me lately and, and guiding me is that they're all one. All three of those things, my business, my family, my, my pursuit of him is that he wants to be involved in every single one of those things. And for me, the, the word abide is just something that just resonates so much with me because you stay connected all the time, right? So if I go and, and devote my morning to him, but yet, you know, half an hour later, I'm having an argument with someone, you know, in the gym or something like that, or, or I'm like, you know, pursuing something for selfish reasons, then, you know, what good was the work that I did in the morning if really I kind of just completely forgot about it? I'm not really living it out. I'm just becoming religious, so to speak. So, you know, the word abide is something that and, and then the, the, the scripture talks about, you know, pray without ceasing. And it's something that my, it drives my wife crazy sometimes. She's like, you're to pray again? I'm like, I'm praying all the time. And um, <laughs> who was it? This is Pastor McManus, I think, said it uh, the other day in a podcast that I was listening to. He said, prayer should be like breathing, just essential to who we are. And um, I think that is, you know, if I were to give it one answer, it would be like to constantly be in prayer and conversation with God. It's like... There's so many things that I think I know the way and I can just get really excited and passionate about. And then, hold on, let me step back. God, are you, are you in on this? You know, or am I, is this just me kind of trying to take the wheel again? So, yeah, just be constantly in prayer. Um, I like also, I've done a little bit of meditation. Um, and I learned, I, I'm a big, like, I steal things from a lot of different people. Um, Greg Admonson, the one of the original fire breathers, he was on our podcast having a conversation with Lindsay, and um, which if you guys haven't heard our podcast, really awesome. Lindsay does a great job interviewing people. Um, I know Tasia's been on it. Got to get Rich on it, Charlie too. Um, 
And anyway, she, she interviewed him, and he gave a different spin on the word meditation. Um, basically, you know, the, the, the Bible talks a ton about meditating on the word. And the way that he did it, would he would integrate the way that kind of the Eastern world meditates in this rep- repetitive mo- uh, you know, kind of rhythm of breath work. But instead of just using your breath work, that you would use scripture and allow the Holy Spirit to kind of guide you into like, what is that word? What is that scripture that he just wants you to repeat over and over again? And funny enough, um, I somehow qualified for the games as a master's this year again. And I was like, oh, I'm training for the games again. I got to show up in halfway decent shape. So uh, I wasn't used to training as often. So I found myself like, I need like a little extra fuel. What do I even think about when I'm running this long? Uh, you know, it's just not the same as when you're just taking an hour class. And man, I found myself meditating on the word as I was running, as I was training, and it was a completely different experience than anything I've ever had, and I've been working out since I was a little kid. So um, to answer your question, the prayer, the meditating on the word, kind of just like as you go, as you live your life has been something that has really helped me stay grounded. That's great. Um, Tasia, recently on the Enter the Storm podcast, I kind of heard you say a little bit about like the brokenness of the world, like it kind of hurts you or kind of like you feel that sounded like it like that's something how do you handle that right there's tragedy happening all over the world all the time um pretty heavy like to remain faithful to remain um you know positive amidst all of that's going on every single day yeah i mean it's really hard especially right now we see just so much brokenness in the world um not just in my life but in all different areas um and for me just trying to fix my eyes above you know and does that mean we just forget all this other things that are happening no like there are spaces where we can help and serve so to step up where i can to love well to love with intention um when i go out in the world and to not let that bring me down um that doesn't mean it's always going to be like that it's not always sunshine and roses but if you can focus on a heavenly perspective, recite, like remind yourself of the word and the things that are in scripture, I think that really has helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, in the last year, Rich, can you recall maybe a time that you felt like the most separated from God? Um, and then at the opposite extent, like the closest to God? Yeah, I think, um, I think when, when times are good, when you don't, you know, family life's good, business life with all that type of stuff there's not a ton of chaos in your local um, circle I guess I I can't really recall a time in in the last year but just I've noticed in those times when things are easy and just kind of flowing those are the times that I'm I'm most distant and have to actually work a little bit more on my faith because it's you know when we're not in trouble you don't really think, not that you don't need God, but it's not on the forefront. Uh, but when, when we do have those things, for me, I always feel like around competition is when I get the closest to God. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of, hey, let's get through this. But um, I think when I'm, when I'm comfortable and when there isn't a storm, um, those are the times where I'm like, hey, I need to actively be seeking him and in the word and, you know, connecting to, to others that, you know, I, I get a lot out of other people and, and listen to them. And like I said, they, 
the accountability of others makes me, in the beginning, I guess, of my faith walk um, was huge, and now it's just kind of second nature. But, yeah, um, yeah definitely when it's easy, it's, yeah. it's harder. Tasia, tell us about you transitioning out of competition, kind of being – I mean, you, you won two, three, two games championships, and, and then made the choice to not come back for the third. I guess COVID kind of made that choice for you a little bit, but – Sure. Yeah. Tell us about that. Um, so I actually had no intention originally of stopping competing before the year of 2020. Um, but I knew... We did compete in 2020 we, and won two sanctionals. We so. did win two sanctionals in 2020. And I felt really, really fit after that second sanctional that we won. And so I was really actually excited for the year to come. Um, and God had been calling me out, preparing me long before. I just didn't really know it. Um, and at the end of 2020, I was dealing with just kind of some minor health stuff, but also this urgency of God, like, over and over again, being like, okay, it's time to step away. I have something different for you. And I kept praying and being like, I need more clarity, God. And he would show me clarity, and I'd be like, that's not clear enough. I need more clarity, um, and so on. And so it was kind of this resistance of obedience, actually. And when I in January, I decided to make it official and step through that door. Um, not soon after that, the door opened at Mayhem Mission um, for me to step into that role. And all these fears that I had that I wouldn't be able to reach people or that I you know, wouldn't be able to love people as well or do these things, God just opened my eyes and brought fruit in spaces that I couldn't, I literally, I can't, couldn't even picture. Um, because my perspective of what was good and what I thought I needed to live well, his way was different and higher. And so um, it was really a lesson in obedience for me um, that I'm not going to be able to see the full picture. I'm not going to know what he has planned for me. But if he's calling me to something, whether it's scary or not, that I should step through that. Guido, yeah. you, know, you went to the games this last year, qualified in the 40-44 Masters. Um, Tell us about that experience just in general. I mean, that was a, the competition just in the qualifier alone was really tough. I think you got 13th in the qualifier or you got top 20. Um, tell us about the competition, about the games. Oh, that was fun. Anytime you could throw down with guys that are old and have the same pains that you have and lots of kids, you know, it's, it becomes automatically a little less stressful. Um, but I, I, I got to give credit to the guys in my gym. I just compete with a bunch of guys a lot younger than me and still think I'm their age, so they help keep me semi-fit. Um, but I really wasn't planning on competing. It's part of the story was, uh, you know, I'm always going to do the Open. I'm a big advocate and ambassador of the sport, so, um, you know, I recruit people to do it, so I'm going to do it myself. And somehow I ended up in first place after the Open. So I got like, okay, I guess I got to try to make the games now. And... Um, as I continued through the, you know, the season, I qualified, but in that qualification process, I got hurt pretty bad. Um, I, I have had two, I think, herniated discs. I say think because it could be more, but at least two herniated discs that I know of, and I had uh, a really intense back spasm that I've never experienced before. I was out for like a week, but by the grace of God, you know, and through movement and whatnot, um, I was able to finish. It happened after only two events, so I still had three more to finish, and I really wasn't even able to stand up off the ground, let alone do 150 pistols and GHD sit-ups. So uh, I, don't, I really, it, it, it was only a God thing, but um, I qualified. 
Um, so after that, you know, my experience at the games, I, I trained for, and then I got COVID, which hit me pretty hard. So I was like three weeks without training. And I was like, God, do you like, what's the deal? <laughs> and I just felt him saying like, hey, you know, you, you say that you want to put me first in everything. Is it just trust me, right? I went in with the mindset originally when I got first place. I won't lie. I was like, I'm going to go to win. And I think God humbled me. And he's like, like winning is going to have a different definition for you. And whether you, I want you, this is what I interpreted. You know, he was pressing on my heart is I want you to be, I want you to train like the guy who's going to stand on top of that podium. I want you to devote your nutrition, your sleep, every aspect of your life. You're going to do that for the next seven weeks, but I want you to disconnect emotionally 100% with the outcome. And man, that, that, was, that was a challenge because I've been competing in sports my whole life. And, um, you know, I was the guy that would say, I, I what was this, the quote, I hate to lose more than I love to win. You know, I was kind of like a badge of honor that I would say. And, um, man, I, I, I could say I didn't even make the final cut into the top 10. I came in 11th. And um, I had one moment that I felt like, you know, bad for myself. And that probably lasted about five minutes. But outside of that, you know, God gave me a ton of peace and joy uh, with the experience. And really, I just was able to see, I guess you could say, the bigger picture is that God was using me there for a different reason. You know, I had my family there, um, all three girls, my wife, my brother from Spain flew in, my mom came over, the community. I've, I've qualified three times, and I would say this was the first, like, I felt more supported by my community now than ever before. Um, I just had a level of, of joy and satisfaction that I've never experienced, and I think I connected really well with a lot of the guys, and it was a great experience. That's Lots awesome, of fun. Yeah. Congrats, dude. Just you. To, so you got first in the qualifier? First, first in, the in the open. Or first in the open. Okay. Yeah, first in the open. Got in. My bad, I said 13th. Uh, Rich, Coliseum, thrusters, thrusters. <laughs> 185. We should do that right now just to re Not going to happen. I mean, it, so it reminded me of the 19 snatch bar muscle up. Oh, yeah, Coliseum, yeah. oh, so awesome. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about that moment because, okay, like I'm going to paint the picture a little bit. You guys are walking. They are already one two and you're walking yep. just casually yep. i mean it is for time you're trying to win and they're on their second thruster and then you stop and got some chalk <laughs> and then you kind of tell her hey you all right and then they dropped they had another chance to go and beat y'all and then you guys go for seven so give me like the what's going through your head in that moment um honestly you know there was a lot of back and forth in that whole event it was it was. It felt like outside oh, out there, inside the venue. There's supposed to be AC. You're just so mentally, you're just in a bad place. You're like, why is it so hot in here? I'm sweating profusely. Like, there was multiple times where I, we got no rep. I think one time because my hands just slid. Uh, you couldn't chalk. Like the heats before, they were letting the people chalk. It was just. It was chaos. It was a mess. And so you're already in a bad place. This is a horrible workout because wall walks in it. Who the heck does wall walks? And uh, so. You know, we're back and forth. Um, we're, we're doing our thrusters in sets of four and three. They started out, I think, that way, and then they would do two, two, um, or three, two, two, something like that. They are breaking it in, in three sets. We would get ahead on the thrusters. They'd pass us on the wall walks. And so we're going back and forth. And uh, Andrea, I, I see that they're starting to kind of pull away and she looks at me she goes just let him go and I'm like we'll catch him don't you worry I'm in my head that's what I'm thinking so we're laying there on the floor doing our wall walks and we come back we start to get start to walk to the bar and uh I'm like we're gonna go for seven but 
hold on a second. Like we need to like this. It's going to be all that we have to get seven. So just chill out for a second, because I knew she wanted to get on the bar and go, but we there's no way we were going to get it if we just hopped right on it. So I let them get their first set done, and I was like, let's go for seven. So we went for it. And when we got to five, the entire stadium stands up and starts counting our reps. And I'm like, well, now we have to do seven. <laughs> because if we get to six, and then there's going to be this awkward, like, oh, you know, and nobody wants to hear, oh, from the crowd. So um, 100%, the only way we finished that was because the crowd was so fired up. And that was top five, one of the coolest moments I've had at the games, for sure. Just, you know, the, the Coliseum is, is just a cool venue. People are right on top of you. Like I said, the, the crowd counting down, knowing that we had to get seven to beat them, and um, it was a ton of fun. That was a lot Man, of fun. One of the, yeah, that was one of the coolest week, events of the weekend, and for the sure. And the only comment I got back when I saw Hillary was, your shirt's bloody and nasty. You look <laughs> disgusting. I was like, thank you. Uh, it keeps you in line. <laughs> always. Man, this is five championships, right? Team championships. Yes. Um, by how many points was it? 200-something? It was a few. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't, I don't know what it's like to be a team out there who's competing to try to win. But, like, going into next year, I mean, what is the secret sauce? What is the, the, what is the foundation of you guys? I mean, you got two new athletes this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, or three, three. Oh, yeah, completely. Three, yeah. yeah, you're yeah. you're the only one. I'm the one only that came old back. old state. Yeah, you can't yeah. kick me out. I'll be here with a walker. Yeah, so, no, um, not that I want you to give away yeah. your secrets, but I, honestly, there is no secret. I think it's just you know finding like-minded individuals. Like Guido said, um, everybody on that team hates losing more than they like winning. Uh, the girls are the most competitive girls that I've ever met um, with each other with us. And, um, but, you know, all the teams that we've had, when Tasia was there, before Tasia, you know, we had Ellie, we had Kristen Reffitt, we had, um, Lindy's been there. It's just having a bunch of like-minded individuals that you like to hang out with, you want to work hard. Um, everybody is super competitive. You know, obviously they have to have some level of fitness, um, but I think it was really just, you know, we all, each collective team, you know, we just enjoyed being around each other and had fun competing, and everybody was super competitive and super fit and works hard and understands uh, what it takes. And that's the hard part. You know, everybody always wants to ask, um, are you coming back individual or we ever do the Masters as an individual? And I just don't have that drive to push myself to that place by myself anymore. Like, I just don't want to do that. But with the team, you just you want to suffer more for somebody else. And you see the the suffering that they're putting in, or the you know what they sacrifice to be there, and it's a whole lot easier to push. And you can, I feel like I can get a whole lot more out of myself when I'm pushing for somebody else. And so I think everybody else on the team is the same way, and everybody that has been on our team before is nine 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 out of the ten maybe. How cool was it for Chase for you to do that with your cousin? Man, that was awesome. You know, Chase had his dad pass away. Um, and then the next year, and his dad had just gotten into CrossFit for about a year or two when he passed away. And to see Chase get so close the year before, they actually qualified at Wadapalooza. And then to have that um, not happen because of COVID. And then for him to be on the game, it was the, the best, one of the best things from the weekend was him saying he went from being happy to make the games to now he had to win the games type deal. So it was, he went from, oh, we'll be happy just to, you know, be top five in an event. Now it's like, if we don't win an event, it's shame, you know, so. 
We did not. Sh I did not shame him. The girls might have shamed him. Oh. All right, so we'll end with a with a fun question. Really easy to answer. If you could remove one movement entirely from ever coming up in a workout again, running. <laughs> you just have to walk. <laughs> Double unders. GHD sit-ups? Oh. It's like one of the only two you get to like, Dude, lay down this on. this story. This guy. Oh, yeah, when you almost this. died. I forgot. Yes, he almost killed me. We did GHD Annie. I'm like, oh, it sounds cool and easy. We're in Hawaii. And uh, I remember finishing. You always kind of joke around like when you do something with high rep. I'm like, I think I got rhabdo. Yeah, three days later I had rhabdo. I was in the hospital. <laughs> but the best part was two days later we were going to go do the run. And I'm like asking everybody who did the workout. It was only like four of us. And I'm like... Are you guys sore? And oh, a little bit, I asked him, is sore from what? The sit-ups. What, what workout did we do with sit-ups? That is 100 a day. We do a lot of GHDs. Guys, let's give it up for this crew. Thank them so much for being here. They're going to be around tomorrow, so I'd encourage you, grab them, uh, take pictures. Rich is always so great. I mean, I, I think he's going to be late to every heat because he <laughs> takes so many pictures on the way. He's so cool about that. So I'm going to close this out in prayer. Band's going to come up. We're going to close out in worship. Uh, about 45 minutes. We'd love for you guys to hang out. Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for th these three individuals that you are using my, in a mighty way, God. I thank you how they can just be so down to earth and just love you so much and how they just use um, their lives, not just their fitness, just their lives every single day to glorify you, to honor you, to give you... Um, all that that they have and god i just pray for this weekend i pray for this weekend to be an opportunity for people to get to know you more through these three people i pray that you uh, encourage and prompt people while they're here to grab them talk to them um, even just get to know them a little bit more and get to know their hearts uh, god i pray for the worship tonight i pray for it to be uh, just an opportunity for us to sing these songs to you and to uh, love you and, and praise you, God. Uh, we're grateful for being able to work out the way we do and the way that we do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.